0: You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So, we talk a lot on this show about finding new challenges – Because it can be easy to hit menopause and midlife and all the struggles they bring and find yourself comparing your current self to your old self and battling body image issues and feeling all sorts of self-doubt. And sometimes it can be just really helpful to immerse yourself in something new. And this week's guest, Lisa Alfano, embodies that as well as anyone I have ever spoken to. Lisa entered the triathlon world after turning 50. And then started surfing at 57, which frankly gives me a lot of hope, as that is a sport I am keen to learn. Lisa credits both of those pursuits with helping her find joy and peace during what can be very turbulent years. And most recently, she married those pursuits into a newly formed business, Try to Surf which she describes as a community for women ages 50 plus who want to reset or discover their active selves and claim their power and passion. We talk all about that and a whole lot more. And speaking of that whole lot more, maybe a bit of a warning. This show goes places I did not see coming, including Lisa unearthing a repressed memory of sorts that sent us into a pretty passionate discussion of body image in midlife and how early it can all start in our life. Uh, I might curse a little, but this issue is one that we really need to just keep chipping away at so we can all be free. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and I'll put a link to her business in the show notes so you can learn more all about it. Before we get to it, on December 3rd, we are having our first ever Hit Play Not Pause Virtual Summit. We have an amazing lineup, including sessions on hormones and hormone therapy, intuitive eating for active women, injury prevention during menopause, Pelvic and vaginal health, and much, much more. And it's only 20 bucks. If you can't watch it on that day, you can watch the replays later at your convenience. So there's absolutely no excuse. Head on over to feistymenopause.com right now and pick up a ticket. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes. As always, I invite you to follow us at feistymenopause at Instagram and Facebook. Sign up for my weekly blog at beistymenopause.com and please continue sharing the show with your friends and on your socials. We are continuing to grow and it's super exciting. All right, quick thanks to Prevenex for their continued support. I talk all about their joint health product on this show all the time, but I just heard from a listener who told me that their probiotic has given her enormous relief from the bloating and GI issues that she's been wrestling with. So if you're in that boat, they make a great product there, too. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat. So they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And. They just look freaking rad. So head on over to TafosiOptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like feisty menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night. Your pillow. A quality pillow is everything, otherwise you end up tossing, turning, punching and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hip play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Lisa, I am really happy to talk to you. I know it's very early this morning for you, but I appreciate you coming on. Um, and I, I appreciate you reaching out about your new enterprise, Try to Surf, which for the audience is spelled T-R-I, um, as in triathlon, which is designed to encourage your triathlon friends to try surfing and your surfing friends to try triathlon. Um you know, I really love this because I know we have a lot of triathletes in our audience and we have quite a few uh, surfers in our audience too, I believe. But you came to both of those, if I understand, a little later in your life journey here. So I would like to start there and just have you talk a little bit about your own athletic history and how you got to this place. And, and for starters, you're 60, 61? How old mm-hmm.
1: are you? I am 60. I will be 61 in two weeks.
0: Oh, happy birthday. Okay.
1: Thank you. Well, thanks so much for reaching out. And I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Um, so Cliff Notes, I've been an athlete since as early as I can remember, I started off being a pitcher, a softball pitcher, and I got um, into college, took a little hiatus. And then when I moved to Portland, I bought my first road bike and started cycling for about seven years, and became just in love with cycling. And then took a, um, unplanned sedentary break, let's put it that way. And then when I turned 50, um, I had a kind of a life awakening life change that prompted me to go to back to the gym. And I started with a trainer who happened to be a triathlete. And that's how my triathlon, uh, career got started. And fast forward, I'm doing um, half Ironman racing as well as surfing.
0: Was that a completely sedentary break that you that unplanned break?
1: No, I mean I was getting on my bike for a little bit, but um, a few other things were going on in my life that just were taking precedence. I would have, the best way to put it over all of the activities that I was doing prior.
0: So then when you get into triathlon, you have to take up, how old are you at this point? And you have to take up running and swimming? Like, were those new to you?
1: Um, Well, you know, I was running when I was in my 20s and 30s and didn't really pick up running until I started triathlon. (laughs) And I wasn't really swimming either. So yeah, when I started training for triathlons, well, now that you asked that question, it's putting things into perspective. I started swimming in the pool and started running and then um, kept up with my cycling.
0: And uh, you are f- fifty at this point.
1: I was fifty at the time.
0: And were you in um, perimenopause? Were you? Men- do you have any recollection of that? <laughs> like what? Where you were in that part of your journey? Since you know, it's kind of kind of part of our show.
1: <laughs> I feel like I can remember like it was yesterday. So at forty-eight, I started going through perimenopause, and um, so when I was fifty, I was almost. Over perimenopause, I had gone through a horrible sleep. Um, I was unable to sleep for about six to eight months when it first started. Um, Some hot flashes. But when I was 50 and started doing my tries, the sleep issue still remained. But a lot of the other symptoms had subsided. Not totally, but it wasn't as bad as it was when I was going through perimenopause.
0: Did you ever find anything for sleep or you just kind of didn't sleep?
1: In hindsight, I wish I did more for the no sleep. Um, I just pushed through it. And I'm, you know, I I don't want to push anything on anyone that is listening, but I wish I would have done something more because it was just, it wreaked total havoc on my life. The no sleep thing just was a killer.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's, we know so much about hormone therapy and other therapeutics now that there's really no reason to suffer through, especially since, Sleep is one of those things that, as you're saying, if you're not sleeping, it just has that knock on effect on the rest of your life, right?
1: Yeah, and I've been doing a little bit more research now that I've been listening to your podcast and Dr. Sim's podcast. That, um, sleep it could have also been contributed to other things that was going on in my life as well, right? So, like, there's stressors, um, anxiety. Um, the hormonal changes, like there's this whole life pattern change that happens. At least happened for me when I was going starting to go through perimenopause. So in hindsight, I wish I would have taken more of a holistic look at it and have dealt with it because the sleep, my sleep issues have continued and then they've vacillated as you know as I've gotten older.
0: So how did the the triathlon journey go though? I mean, were you successful in it?
1: I I was. I am. I, I was. It was awesome. Um, doing the training and racing really helped with my mental state and the lack of sleep started to change a little bit and, um, it just changed my whole attitude towards life and my body was feeling better. My energy levels were awesome. Um, you know, the sense of community that I got from triathlon, that whole, the whole, um, the whole caboodle, the whole world of triathlon just completely turned me around.
0: And what distance have you settled into now as your favorite?
1: My favorite uh, half Ironman racing. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's killing my tendinosis, hamstring issues that I have, but it's, um, it's my favorite. I do best when I do longer races for some reason.
0: And how are you dealing with that, your tendinosis?
1: I'm walk running, and I'm. Um, I actually stopped training for this summer to give it a break because it it was just kicking up a little bit too
0: much. Yeah, they can totally be chronic. Yeah. So where does surfing come into the picture?
1: <sighs> I I wanted to surf since I was a kid, um, and then never thought about it after I guess after high school, and I never picked up surfing, and then one day. Um, I was hanging out with someone who was a surfer, and I realized, you know what, why the heck not? So I was, it was the summer of my 50s, just turning 57, and I went to the store and talked with the guys who worked at the surf shop, tried on a few uh, wetsuits, bought all the gear, got aboard, and off I went. And it was, I know, right? Uh, well, I was-
0: <laughs> my eyes are just, <laughs> I have no poker face. So I'm just lo- looking at her wide, thinking about all the things I'm going to ask, like, okay, what does that actually mean? Like, did you actually just go into the water by yourself? Like without any instruction? Like, did you just take that board and just be like, here I go?
1: Now, after I bought the board that weekend, I took a surf lesson with a friend of mine. And uh, in- I live in Oregon. Um, and-, and it was in the cold water. It was crazy full suit, cap, you know, the hoodie, the glove, the boots, five, four, really thick wetsuit. Took a lesson and I was just uh, in love, hook, line, and sinker. And it's just been such a life change for me. I
0: I desperately need to hear a little bit more about that. So like only because Maybe this is because of my own. I have a friend who's super into surfing who keeps telling me I can teach you in like a day and we'll go. And it's something that's always like I think I would really love it, but there's a lot of, you know, it's an inti- I find it and I I'm a mountain biker and I do all kinds of things, but I find surfing kind of intimidating. Um you know how How was that for you? Like, what did it look like? Were you afraid? Were you anxious about it? Were you able to get up? Did you wipe out? You know, like what?
1: Well, to be completely transparent, um, I forgot to mention that I did do a surf camp in 2014 when I, I quit my job and then I was traveling for about seven months and I just decided, Oh, let me do a surf camp. So at least I had a little bit of stuff. On, I had a little bit of surfing under my belt for that week way back then. So when I got into the water um, during that lesson, it wasn't as if I was on the board for the first time. I just hadn't been on the board. okay uh, It was, it was intimidating. And the Oregon coast is not an easy place to surf because it's, you know, right? it's mushy and it's not it's sometimes just clean lines. But anyway, I had a great teacher and, you know, I don't want to come off as making it sound that it was easy because I'm still a beginner and I think I will always be a beginner, but I love, I'm i a water baby. And when I got on that board and got a first wave, it, does, it didn't matter how hard I was crashing when I did roll. It was just, it was amazing. I, I could talk about this for days with you. Um, I don't know. It's just something about being on that board in the water that brings such joy and peace that no matter what was happening, I was like, oh, I love this. I don't care what happens as long as I don't bang my head or break a nose or something.
0: (laughs) No, I I fully understand. And I, you know, those are the risks that come with those uh, those kind of things. So, um, you know, offline, you had talked about some some body image issues that have sort of recently reared their ugly head and how maybe some of this is helpful. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of
1: course. I will be as open as I can about it. Um, So I've always had, I've always struggled with body image issues um, for a variety of reasons. Um, And they dissipate when I am in my training mode when I'm doing my triathlons. I feel fitter, Um, I'm doing something every day, my emotional well-being is pretty steady. And recently with uh, me making a decision not to do my two half Ironman uh, races this season, I focused a little bit more on surfing but I got out of my training mode and the menopausal belly popped up. Like I've, I really haven't uh, experienced too much of the weight change that I've read that other women have, but this past summer it did um, come up and I was, I'm still struggling with it where rather than seeing myself as a whole 60 um, year old woman who is fit and amazing and I'm doing all of this awesome active stuff, I focus on the negative and and the body image issues really come up and it just wreaks total havoc. And so what's happening now is I'm talking about it, I'm acknowledging it, I am trying to do some meditation around it and it's starting to dissipate, but it does vacillate. Sometimes it's fine and other times it just kicks in. I also find that being around other folks who are empathetic, if I need to talk about it and the empathy, whether or not they understand it or not is kind of irrelevant, but that empathy of, I hear you, I understand it, but this is how I perceive you really is helpful.
0: Yeah, I think that's so, there there are no answers to this. And that's why I thank you for talking, you know, and thank you for being transparent about it. I mean, we all struggle with it. I struggle with it. Everybody I know struggles with it. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it comes up a lot in the group and and it's interesting like what you were saying like despite being like this really kick-ass woman who's surfing and doing all these things like it it's hard um sometimes to not let this this one thing sort of like ide- like overshadow your identity right and you know there was a mountain biker in the group who was talking about how you know I, I don't know where she was she was in Whistler or one of those Badass places in British Columbia and shredding, and then you know, still at the end of the day, looks down and sees cellulite on her legs, and it sort of like clouds her whole vision. Right? Like I could, I don't want to start crying because I'm like just so this all this all makes me so emotional. Um, I, w- I wish I had a magic wand for that. I wish you know I I think it just helps if we just all keep acknowledging that it is hard, and that it's it is more present to us than to others and um in the end i mean it's kind of like i tell my daughter and i i, I always go to the advice i tell her like you're thinking about yourself more than anyone else is thinking about you you know <laughs> what i mean like i always cuz that's just true your whole life <laughs> and i think it continues to be true and and more so people are really just looking at you going damn i want to be that person you know Like,
1: yeah, it's true. No, I I mean, I could, it's a topic where I could get, I get super emotional about, but that's wonderful how you're, um, how you're speaking to your daughter. You know, it's a real complex, complicated thing. It starts usually when girls are very young.
0: Oh, I've had it since I can remember. Like, honestly, since my pediatrician put me on a diet when I was like eight. You know, so it's been a lifelong thing.
1: Did he know my pediatrician who looked at? I'll never forget this, Celine. I can't believe I'm I'm remembering this. I was in sixth grade. I had my annual, and he looked at my belly, touched it, and said, "Lose it."
0: Ah! Holy shit! Are you
1: kidding me? I am not kidding you, and I trusted him. Oh. I heard about this in years. Holy! Oh. How old were you? Tell me again. I'm, I'm
0: just sixth grade. Holy shit! That is fucked up. I am sorry. I don't usually curse on this podcast. My mom doesn't like it. But-, <laughs> but that makes me so mad.
1: No! Wow! 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 Holy moly! I can't believe I just remembered that. Ooh, it was a repressed memory.
0: Um- oh, I'm sorry to bring up that. Down. It's the repressed memory <laughs> show, folks. We've just gone a whole other place. Thought we were going to talk about surfing, but you know, like you never know. You get on the You get out here and you start talking and anything could happen. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, you know, what we can do now is we we need to bring that up. We need to teach our girls um, that it's okay. Everything is okay. You are beautiful and lovely in every body shape, every form, and reinforce that in everything. But we're bucking up against media, right? We're bucking up against companies that make tons of money based upon certain um, physical attributes. So we have to do it organically on the ground up and like with you talking to your daughter and um, possibly bringing, you know, young kiddos into an active life, regardless of what that looks like, that it's fine what they're doing. We, we've got to start there. And then you you have people like us, 50-ish and turning 61, who are still dealing with body, issues, body image issues. It's, more about getting together as a sense of community talking about it and reinforcing each other how awesome we are
0: a hundred percent like and and what what is you know I I I am such a um, rose-colored glasses optimistic person half full always that like sometimes I just roll into these things and I I fail to see what's going to come up on either side of me you know and and with with this talking about menopause and talking about this stuff, I was just like, this is great, you know, and we're coming out of the shadows and the stigma and roar. Um, And then like, oh, and now these marketers are seeing us out here and they're targeting us and they're targeting, targeting us in all the ways that they have been since the beginning. Oh, you don't like that belly? Like, and that you know that's what they're coming at us like that's they they see the vulnerable vulnerable I can't even say it vulnerabilities and they 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 zone in on it and it makes me so mad and so frustrated because yes like when you hit menopause you start storing a bit more of your padding around your middle that's a thing that has been a thing since the beginning of time it's a thing across cultures it is just a thing it is your body adjusting to your changing hormonal landscape and that's it and to make this a to pat to make it pathological and to make it like and they're not even you know they'll, they'll they'll cloak it and cares about health but it's really just preying on insecurities to get money and it makes me mad and i'm glad that we are all out here and i don't like i refuse to go back into any shadows because of it like are. Like when we get to the end of our lives, the last thing will be like, oh, well, I put down my surfboard because I didn't like how my belly kind of right? Like I like I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I'm gonna put away my bike because you know I'm not as like my legs aren't as ripped in my lycra as they used to be. Screw that. I'm just not gonna do it.
1: I know I know. I know. Please don't do it. Keep on going as long as you can. And uh when we were talking before this when we first contacted each other and I had said, you know, when I turned 60 was a huge, uh, it was a huge life changer. I was surfing in uh, Santa Cruz with two of my best girlfriends and I actually did a double on that day because it was, it's just something that I loved. What does that mean? I'm sorry, I did a dawn, I did an early morning surf and then an after, afternoon surf. And um, I realized, oh my gosh, and I shared this with you. Oh my gosh, I only have about 15 years left to do all of this active stuff. And your response is, why?
0: Yeah, you said that when we first called. Like we had this, and for the readers, listeners who are not wondering what we're talking about, like I had a conversation with Lisa before the podcast just to get to know her. And she was like, yeah, I only have 15 years to do this yet. And I was just like, well, what made you pick that number? <laughs> like, why are you... Why are you thinking that it's 75? And why are you thinking? Because there are women out there still doing it, like crazy things, like hiking the Himalayas at 80, right? Like what, what makes yeah. you pick 75 Is the sort of number in your head that-
1: So I had mentioned, and I gave this one a little bit more thought. And so my mom five years ago passed away at 75. So I'm wondering if I correlated, and our lives are, are were totally different from one another. And I'm wondering if I correlated that that end of life period to the end of the active life for me. But after uh, talking to you and hearing what you said to me, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I could do this forever. How long I want. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter like the able-bodied or things are going to start to go, but as long as I'm moving, why limit myself?
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I have a very good friend of mine um, who. You know, he was a, a pro mountain or a pro road racer forever and then he picked up a mountain bike when he was fifty five and I'm like, Go, Bill. And he just did this gnarly, gnarly uh gravel race that takes his bike on single track and all this. He's seventy eight, seventy nine, you know, and I'm just like, Okay okay you know I mean it's just like if especially if you keep going I think if you just keep going and don't stop like don't take another one of those hiatuses don't do that like st- stay on the board you know and like keep going I think it uh I think it helps you to keep going yeah
1: I mean seeing in the try community I get to it reinforces me of how amazing um we all are I mean you know tries are done as you know in age groups right and so yeah to get into like my age group of 60 to 64 there's not many women and i'm asked like i i sit back and say why why are there not many women or even and men too like as the age increases there's not that many in that age group but we're awesome and it's okay that we slow down and i'm i'm telling you this but i'm also reinforcing this to me because i'm also struggling with the slowing down right i did really well um all of the years that i've been doing triathlons up until recently i definitely have slowed down and that's another thing that um you know i have to come to terms with and it's difficult i've been yeah. an athlete all my life right and i start something and i do really well and i train for it and it's really hard but i love it and now i'm slowing down and i mean we could probably do a, another hour or two on the whole aspect of slowing down like what does that mean right <laughs> um but yeah i mean this age it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's been pretty wonderful. It's, you know, there's definitely struggles. It's not as if um, what I've done that hasn't come with its challenges. It's just I'm doing something that I am I truly love.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think that, you know, you said there's fewer, there's, there's few people, right? You know, in the start lines with you. And um, I think some of that is generational. I think that that's going to change. You know, I mean, we are the first generation of women for sure to sort of come up and be so active so late, but as more women have come into activities earlier and earlier after the passage of Title IX and, you know, just in general, it's just that's what more young girls and women are doing is getting into all these sports, you know, you'll see those numbers in the later years reflect that, I think, down the line. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of HEDAS' special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. HEDDAS has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of HEDDAS at HEDDAS.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20 for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched chain amino acids, plus even more cutting edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. I am curious, like, do you do... um... Do you do training outside of your primary sports to support your sports? You know, do you do any sort of like strength work or mobility work or any of that?
1: So when I'm doing my training, I have a coach. And so as part of, excuse me, as part of the swim bike run, yeah, we do um, strength and mobility and core, also weights. And I realized these past two, excuse me, these past two years, I didn't do enough heavyweight lifting. Mm-hmm. And I realized that because one of my trainers a few years ago, who unfortunately has moved to Austin, I miss him and his wife and kids, but we did, I had training with him every week and we did heavy weight lifts and we did heavy weights, but we also did cardio and some jumps. And um, honestly, I miss it.
0: There's, there is nothing. And I have literally, I've just reminded myself of this recently and this, it—it it is amazing. Like, you know, even though I speak about it, it comes out of my mouth every week. I write about it. Like, I don't always follow my own. I mean, everybody should know that. Like, you know, I let things slide too. And during the summer, I let wet weights slide always. Cause I just want to be outside. I just want to be outside. I want to be on my bike. I want to be, but I, you know, towards the end of the summer, I was like, I was on my mountain bike. I was like, Oh my God. Like where did my power go? It's just like I was having a real down day. I'm like, do I need an e-bike? I'm like, I don't want to I any, you know, I mean, like all these thoughts, right? Like all these thoughts. And then I started heavy lifting again. And I just had, like, I went out this weekend. I'm like, I feel amazing. Like it is, yeah. it makes such a difference. Like, it, you know, I used to be able to get away with not lifting all summer. And I, I have taught myself again and again that I can't do that anymore. But like when I lift heavy, and I, I feel like I drill this, but I drill it because it does make such a difference. Like I don't have joint pain. I don't have, like, I have good power. Like all those niggles go away. I just, I have good energy. Like everything goes up like that, that lifts the, the tide for me. And then everything gets better. There's, there's just no question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So to, to decompress at the end, there's a workout room upstairs on the ninth floor. I'm going up to lift some weights and just to decompress. It really helps.
0: Yeah. I mean, it puts me in a, in a better mental state and all this stuff they're learning about um, how good it is for your brain health. And, 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 you know, I mean, they've always kind of known, obviously your muscle health, right. And your ability, but it's literally good for your brain chemistry as well. It's just fascinating. You know, I, I think that strength training got Uh, got brushed off for so many years you know it's just sort of like oh that's the thing that guys do or that's the thing that muscle heads do or that's the thing that vain people do or you know blah 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 but man it's uh it's a thing that everybody should do you know I mean it's just so beneficial like your strength is everything Yeah. yeah yeah so that's uh so let's talk a little bit about your get you know your uh try to surf how has it gone? Like, do you have you have you found women, you know, sort of in our demographic that you're sort of shepherding into these sports?
1: So I'm in the beginning phases of the release of Try to Surf. Um, I'm having a little bit of a difficult time. So there's a few things that I that I'll mention. So currently, I work full time, and so getting started, getting a business off the ground, working full time. I'm, I'm having a little bit of some struggles and how to navigate around all of the work that's on my plate. So hopefully that that will change soon. Um, but I am, um, I'm going to be doing my first surf lesson with a woman on Friday. And what I'm finding also is getting the word out has been um, easier than I thought. It's It's not easy. It's simpler than I thought. Yet the um, getting folks to commit is a little bit more difficult. And I also realized this is my first time doing this on my own. Um, You know, I'm going to be collaborating with a woman to do a surf retreat, hopefully in December, and then collaborating with another woman over the summer. But getting the word out is one thing. And then getting women to to commit to say, yeah, I would love to do a running group or, oh, I would love to do a surf lesson or, or, or is I'm finding it's a little bit more difficult and um, trying to read and research on how to get the word out and then get folks more involved because it is for women 50 and over.
0: Do you have any sense what the, what that hesitancy is? Is it a, is it, is it fear? Is it investment in self? Is it?
1: It could. So one of the things that I'm finding, especially around surfing, it's the I I can't do it, or the water's too cold, or I'm not strong enough, or um, I've never done it before, or I'm too old. It's the it's the initial I can't for whatever reason. And <clears throat> excuse me, why I've gotten involved with this is to promote a community where. We we need, I would I, ideally would love to have that narrative change, and by saying I will try this and I can't try it, and so it's more focused on it can't be cause
0: Right. No, I love that. I love that. I think that. Uh, and once you, you know, get a get a few people over those humps, I think that those humps will go down for the rest of them. Right. Like people will. Word spreads. People talk. You know, word of mouth is still a. Is still a big thing. Yeah. If I was out there, I would totally, I would totally be on the board.
1: <laughs> I would love to have you. Yeah, it's more a matter of getting folks active, like reset their active selves. Because um, my tri friends are, are so super active anyway. I would love to get them to surf because they've been saying, you know, I want to start surfing and I do have someone that, um Another woman who I'm going to hopefully be taking to the retreat if that happens, but it's the um, it's just it's changing a mindset I guess because those of us that are active we're doing things already it's it's um, you know it's women who either have lost their sense of self um, have a child and love their family, but kind of lost their active ways because they had other priorities, right? And how do you bring them in to be part of a community of others who are there to support you and lay out a plan? Like my goal also is to uh, work with folks and lay out a lay out a plan um, on how to get them back to being active, whatever that looks like for them.
0: What's the appeal of taking your surfing friends and getting them into triathlon? Like what what is the lore of that?
1: You know, it's interesting... We have a tendency to get involved in things that we already know, right? So I already know um, try and surfing, and it's to me, I have a to me, it's a perfect segue or a great marriage, right? You're using similar um, body muscles, I mean, just like similar body parts, and you get the high from surfing that you do from triathlon. So why not do the other? <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. I just I, I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, you do need a place to surf, right? I mean that but you are already in a community where you have access to that. The ocean's a little further from me. Not too not, not too far, but Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's another thing too, is the is the uh the challenge of equity, accessibility, and sustainability. Um we could also have an hour or two or five conversation around that as well.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I will definitely put a link uh, to your enterprise in the show notes so people can find more about it and find more about you. Is there anything that we haven't uh, talked about with either of those sports or, you know, at this point, anything <laughs> that you think would be uh, just useful to leave the audience with? I, I mean, I do think that what you're doing is super inspiring and uh, it's awesome to hear about somebody, you know, committing to something like surfing in their later 50s, you know, when, when, you think you don't think about taking up necessarily sports like that at that point in your life.
1: The takeaway is you can do anything that you put your mind to and don't compare yourself to others. And I'm actually talking to my, like my soul is speaking to me right now, right? Don't compare yourself to others and being active can look different to anyone and everyone. And it's just getting, if, if you have the ability, re- regardless of whether you're able-bodied or not, there is, you have the, hopefully, the capability of being active in some way, and it's so good for the brain and for the body and the soul, and the takeaway is it could be surfing, it could be triathlon, it's an amazing, those sports are amazing, but it could be anything else, it could be walking, hiking, running, you know, or just taking a stroll, so just be kind to yourself.
0: <music> Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I bring back past guest, Dr. Vonda Wright, who is a double board orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at the Houston Clinic in Lake Nona, Florida. We go deep into regenerative medicine, what it is, how it works, and what it can do for active menopausal women. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty.